Hey everyone, welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej. I'm happy to be here today with Russ Sosimo, founder and CMO at Hemp Synergistics, as well as founder and CEO at iSpeak AI. Welcome, Russ. What's happening? Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to interview you. This is, this is going to be great. Um, so firstly, could you tell us about your history and background and how you ended up in the businesses you're in today? Yeah. Um, it's funny. Uh, it, well, I was thinking about the other day, the things that led up to where I am in life. And it's funny because I was always doing something marketing wise or brand building wise, whether it was running for president and starting a, a, a basketball team with the school that didn't have it, you know, starting a hockey team, uh, doing a, a, a fake podcast for that, you know, uh, um, press conferences for that hockey team. I was always doing something like that. Um, here, my father started a company called Guardian Protection Services out of his parents' garage and grew that to be the largest privately held home security company in the nation. So I got a first row seat to that my whole life. As the oldest son, I was very inquisitive. Um, really always wanted to run my own business. Just that's that's all we knew, you know. So here, um, my father's security company had just brought on a new technology in which I saw the future with this thing. It was the first Bluetooth-based security system. And it might sound boring now because everything's <laughs> video camera and it's like lick and stick wherever you want. But this was the first of its kind. And somebody without any experience could install this thing in an hour. And it was, it, you didn't have to run a truck. You didn't have to pay an installer. A, a female sales rep could actually go install this right afterwards, which, which was unheard of. Um, so I, I, I asked the company if I could take one of the inst installation trucks and tear the inside of it out and, and build a moving security system because we, we didn't have internet that was mobile and this thing had to go over internet. So I had to build a mobile internet device that could drive around and do demonstrations of a security system for people in their neighborhoods. And we did it. And uh, I got the taste of like building something for the first time from scratch from an idea that no one had ever done before. And I did it and I carried it out and, you know, AT&T was involved and, and Kyocera uh, um, uh, Wi-Fi was involved. Like we had to do things to actually get something to talk to the internet mobily, but when they didn't have that. So it was, I saw that anything's achievable and uh, I also got a taste of, of technology. So I decided to jump into data and technology at that point and got a team of technicians and, put together a house in California with, you know, it was a startup house and kept them fed, kept them on a, a common goal and moving forward on a software that we had all based around a, a huge database that we could leverage to, to churn uh, marketing, uh, you know, do marketing through and churn, churn money out of. And uh, that ended up, that's still in business. My brother owns it now, but while I was out in California, starting this company, I saw marijuana. And I saw how it was perceived in California it was very different than it was where I was from. And uh, here I had moved the tech company back from California. And within a year um, or, or two, maybe I had uh, exposure to a girl that had 10,000 seizures a year, 10 years old, um, literally, you know, hundreds of thousands of seizures a month almost. And uh, what happened was this girl at a fundraiser that I was at uh, to help raise money for her medicine 
she had what's called a grand mall seizure where they seize and they go down and her head hit the concrete. And it was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. And half the party left scared to death. Half the party was there fine. And you could see on my background psychology, I could see how desensitized the one group was because they were just used to it. Here was the most frightening thing that I or, or half this party had seen. And we all left as the ambulance showed up, we left. And about two weeks later, my business partner called me and he said, Hey, I want you to know they just sent Hannah, the, that 11 year old girl home from the hospital. Her organs are shutting down. Uh, they've given her 14 days to live. They said, start hospice, just make her life comfortable. You have to find her this oil that everyone keeps talking about this marijuana oil. And uh, I basically got on a phone call and called everyone around the country that I could. And eventually being, I was introduced to a researcher at a local university, or not local, a couple states over that ended up custom compounding this for this girl, sending it to the family. And this girl had about 11 days left on this death sentence. She was on her side, immobile for a couple days. She had a feeding tube in and here uh, her mother put one grain of rice sized drop of this cannabis oil in her mouth. And within seven minutes, she was up. And within half an hour, she had so much energy. They had to put a helmet on her. And that was 2014. And she, now she, she's almost 19 years old, I think. And uh, she's, she's, she's communicating better than she typically ever would. Her, her quality of life is much better than it ever was. And she's off a lot of the drugs that she was on, all because this, this plant saved her life. And it was at that moment I said, cannabis is where I want to be. And I went out and I, I won a license in cannabis in Pennsylvania. I won one in West Virginia, very competitive states. And that led me into a biotech company that I now run called Hemp Synergistics that does uh, basically molecular encapsulation of hemp molecules so that we have better bioavailability, better delivery methods, and uh, it works better in the system. And uh, from there, I also just started I Speak AI, which we can get into any one of them. But that is kind of how things evolved with me is that I got a taste of it. I saw it. I went out and built I learned uh, and then redid it and you get smarter and sharper every time. Wow, that is um, quite the introduction story there. That, that's amazing. That story with that girl is, that's that's crazy. Um, that's it's awesome. really, yeah, it, it's actually, it's, it's really, I mean, it's, it's touching. And I, I forgot to mention, we started a nonprofit to go out and educate because of, you know, the situation we were in and we had a chance to take, you know, a situation that, we saved somebody and say, hey, look, the mother's here with us. All these other mothers are here. Their kids need it. Look what it's doing for people. And here this nonprofit went out and did about 50 different events across three different states. In fact, I even presented out in Switzerland. They call me Dr. Sersosma, which is hilarious because I'm not a doctor. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you, get, you, you do some cool stuff if you get out there and really, you know, get moving with things. You'd be surprised what you can achieve. Yeah, yeah, 100 um percent. And the, this cannabis oil thing is a bit, it's close to home for me as well, because I, my roommate that I used to live with about two years ago, he started a, a lab similar to yours, um, where they do micro emulsified cannabis. I'm not sure if that's the right nano. terminology. Yep, probably nano. Um, yep. Yeah. So is, is that like similar to what you do? And do you, it is. do you bring in um, your own flower and process it? Or do you do it on behalf of clients? So think of it this way if you were to walk into a supplement factory right now like you know the capsules that that we're used to buying at any kind of grocery store or vitamin shop all you see is wall-to-wall -wall powders 
just boxes of powder. You don't see liquid. In fact, they don't even put liquid on the machine to clean the machines. So this oil-based plant has to be turned into a, a powder. The industry doesn't realize it yet because a lot of people, the industry just wants to smoke it and vape it. And that's fine, yeah. but it, 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 it should be ingested. So, uh, you know, going in in a form that, that is easy to use in manufacturing, easy to dose, easy to measure, uh, doesn't taste bad, uh, much like the aspirin you're used to taking is in a form that is where it eventually got because that's the best way to put it into these things. You're not grabbing, you know, white willow bark that's this much or compressing it or squeezing it or juicing it. No, it's extracting that molecule and putting it in at that exact standardized dose. That's we're going to start to see more and more of that. But ultimately, yeah, my company takes it from its, its distilled situation where it's in an oil and then we do these things in a lab to turn them into a powder. But what's different than probably than what your buddies are doing they they're probably just doing a micro emulsion or, or a nano um what we're doing is we have a patent on a technology okay now I'll, I'll explain it when you take a, a gummy and chew it and let's say it has 10 milligrams of cbd or thc or whatever your body is programmed to sense how much chemicals how many chemicals are in there or what this you know what the composition is when there's too much chemicals it starts to send out enzymes to destroy those chemicals as a defense mechanism. So in case you eat a poisonous plant, you survive. And it does a really good job. It destroys 96% of the cannabinoids on the way down. So when you ingest 10 milligrams, you're really only getting about half a milligram. What my technology does is we take a helix structure polysaccharide. So imagine like a slinky. We unravel it in the lab. We coerce the CBD and THC, CBN, whatever you want inside of this. Then we close it back up. Now what happens when you ingest it, your body doesn't see a toxic chemical it see, or what it perceives as toxic, toxic chemical. It sees fruits, vegetables, and different things it's used to. And it treats it as such. And it lets it go all the way down into your lower gut where you want it to land. And then amylase, a natural enzyme that you have down there, works like a lock and key with this thing, breaks it open and out like a Trojan horse come the cannabinoids and you get them all into your system. So that's what we do. That, that that's amazing. That's that's insane. And um, are you strictly medicinal, or is it recreational Everything. as well? Yeah, we 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 do it for whoever wants it. We we basically provide a service to convert their stuff to a more usable, more bioavailable form. Okay, so for instance, you could put like a pinch of this powder in your morning coffee, for example, or exactly if maybe not in the morning if it's recreational, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, exactly. And do do you have a scientific degree or qualification? My, psychology, psychology. Okay. But the thing is, I'm I'm really inquisitive, and really where where this all came came to me was when I started the Medical Cannabis Society and was the first guy on the podium talking about this stuff. You start to pull out of the audience the people that are very interested. And when I'm speaking to doctors and researchers and getting paid to speak at the spectroscopy convention or the Pennsylvania banking conference, because I was the first guy, I start to hear all the problems from those industry leaders. And because I was that almost API into cannabis, I was able to start to pull together teams. I mean, I was even working with Johns Hopkins on, on software. Um, you know, it was amazing what I was able to gain access to because I was at that, that higher point when it came to my state and prepared. But yeah, psychology. A lot of people ask me if I'm a doctor. I say no. They say, "Are you a scientist?" I said, "No, I got a psych degree. I, I know how those how those guys think and talk, so I can regurgitate it well." Okay, amazing. Well, it's it's obviously done very well for you. Thank to you. To get here, 
Um, and how long exactly has the business been operational? Hampson Logistics has been operational since 2019. Um, yeah, since 2019. It's really it's been a really tough three years for hemp and cannabis. It's starting to level out, but those uh, those industries have been hurt. Yeah, I'm sure. And how have you adapted? Um, for instance, how did you adapt to the pandemic in terms of business operations? I mean, I, we had we started building our facility in the middle of the pandemic. The pandemic hit. The state governor said nobody's allowed to work unless you're a life sustaining business. So we had a fight to gain life sustaining business certification while we also went and found a new location and moved our whole entire operation to some somewhere that was already up and ready to go as opposed to something we had to build. So we had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving and then people were at home. So we had to change to a retail model. And so we started creating and formulating products as opposed to just focusing on ingredients because the big players, the big food manufacturers, Nestle's ConAgra foods, they, they decided they weren't going to make a move on this until it's federally legal. So we were in a really crappy spot for three years. And now at the end of it, the people that all jumped into this growing industry that, that diluted it are now falling back out. So it's starting to, to, to level out. It's starting to, it's, it's getting better for those that made it through. It's like Forrest Gump. If you've ever seen the movie when he buys the shrimping boat and he goes out, he's not catching any shrimp because there's tons of shrimpers. And then the hurricane comes and wipes them out. Well, I've been talking about this hurricane coming because we knew it was only a matter of time. Well, it came this year. So 2024 is going to be really good for hemp. Also okay. for AI. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I was about to ask you if, you, if you're making use of these, um, how much you're making use of AI? Because I see you did answer in that uh, survey. Yeah, before. I mean, what I'll tell you, I'll give you a really cool story, okay? And it plays within what I had been talking about, how I kind of see these things. So here, I cracked social media. I started to realize what my industry wanted to see and started getting 30,000 views on posts. And what happened was I started to get too many inbound requests for information too many leads requests for meetings, whatever. So I went to Carnegie Mellon and I grabbed two developers and I said, listen, I think that AI can do this. I want it to be able to communicate as me on LinkedIn. After I make a post and 60 inbound requests come in, I want it to do all the micro communications, weed out the people that are trying to sell me something I don't want make a meeting with the real me for the people I do want. I get on the meeting. Every one of my meetings ends with, I got to give you samples of my technology. So at the end of the meeting, I want AI to, to understand the order where the samples are going and send it to the lab and then send it to something that's going to measure it and then print out a shipping label. So that my lab just puts it on a thing and it's done shipped out. And in three weeks we build it and it changed my life. I realized 70% more of my day and that's where I started to focus on problems from my friends. And now we've built different things that can do things that you would never imagine that, that a human or a computer, I'm sorry, that a computer could do. And the humans that now own these bots are trying to figure out what to do with their time. It's, it's a weird place to be. It's hard to even explain. <laughs> and I, I, you look at the AI market, it's supposed to be about 2 trillion, depending on what you're looking at, 2 trillion by 2030. That's a lot of money. That's that's like Apple's market cap. So that means that all your friends, they're going to be spending on AI what they do on Apple products. That's so wild. knowing that, ask them where they're spending their AI money now. They don't know. So, you know, you have an opportunity there if you have the right team and right product and, and, and 
you know what you're doing to grab that that market share now and it's it's here i mean i use it for everything in my life right and it's it's i've learned to talk to it to the point that my psych degree plays really well as a command prompt generator to speak to a computer so it's that's, it's it's awesome that's wild is, is that uh, i speak ai is that what you're referring to? i speak ai yep okay and is that commercially available or is that it is something? yeah okay. so what we yeah I'll, I'll give you an idea i have a buddy that's an electrician he he said he doesn't want to do his social posts anymore, which is a lot like these small business owners own their own little small business. They have to do all these things, accounting, bookkeeper. I said, what do you want it to do, Rich? He said, I just wanted to do my posts. I said, all right. And I took it a step further. I know he gets a, a, a Valpac lead from some magazine that he has to use. So once that Valpac lead comes from that person's email, it the bot now reaches out to him and says, Rich, I got it. I now know what the offer is for the week. Let me give you, here's the seven posts I want to make based on the parameters that Russ and the team taught me. Do you like it or not? He just comes back, responds yes or no. It's usually yes. It goes in and it just starts posting his stuff on a schedule after his approval on all his social networks. From That's... He doesn't even do anything. He answers, he just says yes now. It, it saves him two, two hours a day. And how accurate is it in communicating like, the person that's meant to be communicating like it's better than him. <laughs> it's better than him. And the, and the reason is, is because a, he's slow. Right? People are having the same conversation with him over and over again. For instance, there he's an electrician. They're calling about an, an electrical outlet that's gone bad that he's just going to troubleshoot and not make any money off. of. Well, now we can integrate not only a chat bot through text that'll do that, but we can integrate a, a AI robot voice that's trained to do it off the same brain. So now he doesn't have to worry about the an answer in the phone anymore. That can schedule a meeting. So much like the one I built for my company that will filter, this would filter the people that need troubleshooting, take the people that need escalated and then people that need to schedule. So they'd go into three buckets. And now again, his time and his wife's time now are cut down immensely because something that's better than them on time, every time, and just trained to what it's supposed to do never calls off work. That's that's nuts. How much does it cost to get set up on something like that? Right now, we're doing it cheap to build the brand um, because I got hungry kids that are willing to work. But I mean, if you look at what the market rate is right now, and, and this is across the board from Germany, because I've, I've called them all and shopped them all to get something done that you want done, you would you would say this is A to B and they're going to go in and tell you what needs to happen and say, here you go. And you're going to come back and say, I can't, I'll pay you to do it. And it's, it's, it's at that point, it's going to cost something like a few thousand dollars. Now, if you say you want to build a rocket ship for you, that's obviously going to be more. You want it to start doing your social media and, and, you know, little things that you do every day. And the way I start the meetings with people is what are you sick of doing over and over again every day that you, you don't want to do. And you'll see, cause people are like, Oh my God, I can't stand doing this. And I can't stand doing this. And that's where you say, okay, if we can get rid of that, that's one thing you wanted to do. You know, what else? Like this. And then what I realized, a lot of people don't believe that it can do it until they see it do it. And then they're like, then it's sky's the limit. Like, oh, I want it to do it. I'll give you an example. My mother, I said, mom, if you could have AI I'd do anything for you, what would you have it do? She said, you know, the family DVDs that I'd converted from eight millimeter to VHS to now DVD. I can't find a company online that does it, that converts them to iTunes. I brought them to my car and get Carnegie Mellon kids. 
handed them a DVD drive, which was new to them. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, handed them the DVDs. And 12 minutes later, he had written the this, this script and the software that now all you have to do is pop the DVD in and push the up button. It does it all, psh, psh, tags it, puts it on the, the, the media we need it to be on. And That's... now I, I have a service to sell to all the DVD companies that took 8-track and VHS to DVD and are, they don't have another option to take it to the next level. So, or a tedious option, I should say. So it's neat. It, it's wild to see what, what can be built once this stuff's going because as a human now you have more time to think further ahead and it's it's a neat place to be yeah 100 percent. and that is that's exactly what we do at lean discovery group um uh we, we automate manual workflows that people don't like doing um, guys are there, I, man. yeah and it's it's super interesting to see and people are shocked they just they don't understand what's possible and pretty much anything's possible which is, it's, it's a wild funny. place it's, to be. It's, it's neat, right? Because as a site guy, as you're, you're talking about these new things like cannabis, right? Like I'm used to talking about things, psychedelics. Well, AI is one of those things that, that they don't, you, you, you see what's happening as you, like rats in a Skinner box. I'm watching them as I'm talking to them. And I know that they're not really grasping everything. And one of the things I say to them is, that's why I use my mom as an example Mom, anything, forget like what a computer can do, forget what a video game can do, because I know that's where your head's at, what an iPhone could do. What do you want done that's not getting done? She's like, oh, you know, let me think outside the box. And that was something, now granted, it's something we would think obviously AI can do, but she couldn't find anybody to do that. And the word, those two letters seemed to be enough to have her think out of the box. But who would have thought that I could just be on a meeting and just say what I want and then just hang up the phone? And AI texts me and says, hey, let's make sure this order's right that you said on the phone, and I'm going to go ahead and do all the work. It's an awesome time to be a human. Yeah, that's it's amazing. I'm so excited to see what, what we do with this technology that's available now. It's, yeah, it's man. Crazy. It's cool that you guys are on top of it quick. I mean, it's it's the I think it's the guys that had the marketing background that could use the WordPresses of the world. Right, right now, they're going to be the ones that get to jump in on the agency model because it's yeah, just exactly. a little too hard for your typical, you know, even Jack of all trades business owner to jump into that level of automation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I've just checked the time. We are a bit over. I got carried away there, <laughs> but I've, I've really enjoyed chatting to you. I want to ask you before we go, um, if we met again in, let's say two years time, and everything's gone right in both of your businesses. What do those businesses look like? Sold to somebody else. And I'm in Costa Rica on a psychedelic retreat that I've built to help people heal mentally. That's amazing. That's the first time I've heard that one. <laughs> and I love, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, Awesome. That's and that's exactly what I'm doing. Okay, perfect. And uh, what advice would you like to give to other business owners looking to succeed in this ever-changing technological world. You're going to take a step out with a plan, your plan, and you're going to get punched in the face. And it's not going to be the initial plan that you went out with most most of the time. Get up and keep going because you're going to learn from that. You're going to get knocked off your horse again. You're going to learn from that. You're going to have all these scars. But at the end of the day, as long as you persevere, you're going to get further than most people can get. And it's because of those ups and downs and those scars and falling down that not everyone's an entrepreneur. 
Uh, but you got to have the the mental wherewithal to to know to, to get through that. And as a guy that's done this now a lot, you know, as I'm bringing these Carnegie Mellon kids in and and and, and teaching them the ways of business, going into it saying, guys, it, this isn't going to be our model in six months. It's just not. So don't get don't get too set on it. It will change. I'm not that naive that I think that I'm right the first time out of the gate anymore because I'm not. We're gonna learn so much more. And and it's it's wild to see these things evolve in in weeks and months and that happens and uh just you know know that you're going to get knocked down things are going to change just keep going and you end up doing all right if you can persevere 100 percent. thank you so much russ and thanks for your yeah. time today uh what's the best way for people to reach out to russ Sosimo? if you have any linkedin okay. yep get me on linkedin I'm, I'm active there and i check everything Amazing. Thank you so or much. Bot Russ. Does, but one of the, one of the, somebody, me or my bot will get to you. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. Good talking to you, Dylan. I'll see you brother.